God bless you and thank you for tuning in to another segment of Taking a Step of Faith with Pastor Manny. We all know that the world offers different answers for peace, love, strength, but most of all a sense of salvation. Many in the world buy into this false hope and sadly many believers do too. And in this segment of Taking a Step of Faith, Pastor Manny delivers a heart convicting message as a reminder that there is no salvation other than through Jesus Christ. He explains that having Christ and the promise of salvation should be the main focus of our joy, as that will be the only thing that will count after this life. Be blessed as you tune into his message entitled, The Undeniable Truth. Acts chapter 4, verses 12. When you have that, say amen with me. Amen. Look what the word of God says. It says, and there is salvation in no one else, in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. It's not an option, church. The Bible doesn't say it is an option. There is no other name under heaven by which you could choose as in an option, but there is no other name under heaven by which you can be saved. There's no other option under heaven by which you can be saved. You have no other option but Jesus Christ. But I want to break that down so that you might understand why God has placed this message in my heart to preach to you tonight. For whether unsaved, undecided, or saved, I want to talk about one message that will never change. Through the years, no matter the wars, no matter the kingdom or earthly leaders. The message is that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth and the life. And that no one can get to the Father except through Him. The time was prophesied and stated that in the last days there would be teaching of another way. That there would be others that would come in the resemblance of Christ. False teachers. Another way to salvation, another way to freedom of sin. Another way to peace, another way to joy, another way to strength, love and forgiveness. And, and, and I don't want anything to replace the answer in this house. I don't want the confusion to reside in this church or on this pulpit or in the doctrine you are receiving. Let's get the fact. I want to just make that singular. Let's get the fact and not the facts straight. It's just one fact. Only one. And that is if we are not professing Christ into our hearts. If we are not professing Christ into our hearts. If Christ is not the center. And if Christ is not the only way. We are in a lost state. And Jesus Christ has still yet not come to redeem us from that lost state. And I want to just declare that Jesus Christ is still the answer for the drug addict. Jesus Christ is still the answer for the alcoholic. Jesus Christ is still the answer for the broken home, the broken marriage. Jesus Christ is still the answer for past generations, today's generations, and tomorrow's generations. And there is no other name under heaven that which can save that which are lost in life. Jesus Christ still remains the answer. If there's one faithful saying, the word of God says, this is a faithful and a true statement that Jesus Christ died and was rose on the third day so that you and I might be saved and redeemed. Somebody bless the name of the Lord. Hallelujah for that promise. If there's something that I hang on to is that Jesus is the answer. And no matter how many 
many churches open up. It don't matter how many preachers preach. It doesn't matter how many doctrines come. What matters is that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the way to salvation. He is the way to being redeemed. He is the way to the freedom of our sin. Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. I don't care where your name is written. I don't care where you are recognized. But if it is not in the Lamb's book of life, beloved, I'm sorry. We're not going to make it to that place of paradise. Today we need to make sure it is in the Lamb's book of life. We need to make sure of our elect in Christ. Confessing Him as our personal Savior. Church, this is the undeniable truth. And to be honest, every one of our friends, family members, our city, our state, our nation, the world needs to hear this message. I don't want to spend the rest of my life preaching on this pulpit that God wants to heal your body. Because first of all, God wants to heal your soul. I don't want to spend the rest of my life before. Be Behind this pulpit telling you that God wants to prosper in your finances. Yet you're still in your lost state of sin. I want to talk first to your soul. I want to talk first to your eternity. A wise man once said, in a hundred years from now, where will you be? Some say, I'll be dead. No, the answer is you'll still be alive. It just doesn't. It, the matter of where you're going to be alive is the question. Where you'll be spending your eternity. Where are you going to be when you pass on from this life? It just doesn't end there. We're going to have to stand before judgment. We're going to have to give accounts for this life. And we're going to have to state if our name was written in the Lamb's book of life. Beloved, I exhort you in the name of the Lord that you would make your elect sure in God. Contend for the faith. Make sure that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Hallelujah. If there's anything... That I want, I want for my name to be there. Forget everything else. I want my name in the Lamb's book of life. I want to be saved. Beloved, I want to be saved. I want to be saved. Forget having these seats filled. I want people to be saved. I don't want to deal with statistics when it comes to this house. That only 80% are living right before God or 50% are living right before God. I want to be able to be in a house where each and every one of us are liable to each other. That we are standing hand in hand waiting for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords to come back for us. Oh, that blessed hope church. Somebody bless the name of the Lord tonight. Hallelujah. I'm waiting for that blessed hope. And I want to present this message of being the undeniable truth. To you tonight and I want to I want to present it to three different category of people that we find in the world today. And number one is this. I present it number one to the perishing. This is the undeniable truth and I declare it first to the perishing. Let me say this evening. If there was truly another way to be saved other than through Christ. Then Christ himself would have not died for us on the cross of Calvary. Let me say that. If there was truly another way for humanity to be saved and redeemed back to God the Father, Jesus Christ would have never went to the cross of Calvary. He would have not wasted his time to go to the cross. 
If there was another way in being saved, and I want to just knock down, I'm not going to say, I want to politely uh, tell them to get off. No, no, no. I want to knock it down. Every high thing that stands up against the knowledge of Christ, I want to knock it down by the authority of God. I want to overcome that second opinion in your mind. If it ain't through Christ, it's not going to happen. Jesus Christ is the only way, the only truth, and the only life of which humanity can be saved. And I'll tell you something. If that was not true, Christ would have never went to the cross. And I can prove it to you by the word of God. Because before he was betrayed, he prayed in the garden of Gethsemane. Somebody bless the name of the Lord. He prayed in the garden of Gethsemane and he prayed it three times. The same prayer. Look what it says in Matthew chapter 26, verses 36 through 46. You'll be amazed at what Jesus was praying for when it came to even being delivered up to the cross for us. Matthew chapter 26, verses 36 through 46. And the word of God says like this. It reads, it says, Then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane. And he told the disciples, sit here while I go over there and pray. Talk, taking along Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he began to be sorrowful and troubled, the Bible says. And he said to them, I am deeply grieved to the point of death. Remain here and stay awake with me. Going a little farther, he fell face down and prayed, my father, if it is possible. Somebody say, if it is possible. Jesus said, if it is possible. Oh, man. He said, if it is possible, let this, cup, let this cup pass before me. Let this cup pass from me, yet not as I will, but as you will, O oh Lord. Amen. Amen. Then he came to the disciples and found them what? He found them sleeping. And he asked Peter, so, so, you, so couldn't you stay awake with me one hour? Couldn't you have just stayed awake with me one hour? Stay awake and pray so that you won't enter into temptation. And the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Now we find out why uh, Peter was willing to take out his sword and strike the, 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 the soldier in his ear. Because he wasn't praying, he wasn't vigilant, and he wasn't in the spirit when that time came about. When it was time to, to give Jesus unto the cross. To be taken in, Peter wasn't even prepared. He wasn't even in the spirit. And I'll tell you, Peter walked with Jesus. Peter seen the miracles of Jesus. Peter seen how Jesus had, had cast out demons and had cast out spirits. Yet he himself being almost 24-7 with Jesus was still falling into temptation. Don't tell me about how many times you come to church. Tell me how many times you live in obedience to God. Tell me you, how, mu how much you live in the spirit. Don't tell me what you're a part of in your program. Tell me how obedient you are to God. How involved you are. Not with the church program. But how involved you are with your own relationship with Jesus Christ. Are you praying so that you might in, not enter into temptation? And, and there are many in the world today that are perishing. They don't got a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. They have something that's non-existent. They're perishing. And the Bible says that Jesus prayed the prayer. He said, and again a second time, he went away and prayed, My father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. And he came again and found them sleeping because they could not keep their eyes open. After leaving them, he went away again and prayed a third time, saying the same thing once more. Then he came to the disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? See, the time is near. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Get up, let's go. See, the betrayer is near. Jesus not only prayed 
that we would be taken care of after his spirit would ascend. But he also prayed the prayer when it was time to go up to the cross of Calvary. He prayed and he said, Lord, if this cup is not your will, if there be another way, in other words, God, if there is another way, my father, if there is another way that humanity can be restored right back to you, don't let me go to the cross. But if this is the only way, if this is the only way that Emmanuel can be saved, if this is the only way that you can be saved, if this is the only way you can be restored, then God, let it be your will that I go up to the cross of Calvary. Jesus, on the night of his, his betrayal, was basically praying, if it is possible for humanity to be saved another way, if there is another, if there is a, another Emmanuel that can be redeeming of all the people of God, then let it be so. But if there is not, I am willing to atone for the sins of the world. When I look at somebody that says, oh, that cannot be the only way to salvation. I say, tell me who died, rose again, and is now declared as sitting at the right hand of the Father. Not only that, has declared he will be seen for a time being before he ascended unto his glory. No one else, not even Mohammed could do it. Not even Gandhi could do it. They said they would come back like insects. Or they said they would be in a paradise unseen. But Jesus said, you will see me in the flesh. Somebody bless the name of the Lord. And it was so blessed be the name of the Lord so I tell you even unto the perishing tonight the message is undeniable there's no other way there's no other truth there's no other life but Jesus Christ alone somebody bless the name of the Lord and I stand on that promise tonight Jesus is the way to salvation first Thessalonians chapter 5 verses uh, 9 says for God has not destined us for wrath but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. That is the promise of God. He's not destined us to wrath. But I'll tell you something just as Billy Graham said. If you're not there to take the flight. It's going to leave without you. Whether you like it or not. Time decides for you. And let me tell you something just as he said. Time will always be against you. Always. You got to decide. You got to take the initiative. You got to say, today's my day. You got to say, I'm going to live for the Lord. I'm going to turn away from my sin. I'm going to turn away from my lifestyle. I'm going to turn away from the pleasures of the world. Nobody can make that decision for you. You got to make it for yourself. When we look at the cross, I see a confrontation that every human being will, will have to face sooner or later. Yet it shines a light on our state. The world says it's an offense. The world says the gospel of Jesus Christ, it's offensive. And I can see why, because it shines a light on our reality. It shines a light on our broken and our frailty. It shines a light on our sin. It shines a light on the ugly things of our lives. That's what the gospel of Jesus Christ does. But we serve a God that is willing to forgive. We serve a God that's willing to redeem us. We serve a God that's willing to restore. 
I'm telling you, when God picks out the things that aren't right in our lives, it's not to leave us wounded on the side of the road. He lifts us up. He, 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 he restores and heals those sores on our bodies. Somebody bless the name of the Lord. He covers our wound with his own hand. Blessed be the name of the Lord. There's no other way by which we can be saved but through the name of Jesus Christ. Only one name. You cast your sins into the deepest part of the ocean and they will no longer be remembered. If you can confess Christ as your Lord and as your Savior, you're probably saying, Pastor, you just preached to me for about the next, for the past eight minutes, a message that I already know. That's good. I pray that you get it in your heart so that you can tell the family members that God has given you as a responsibility. Present this message not only to the perishing, but also present this hard truth for the world to understand or accept, even to the undecided. Revelation chapter 3, verses 15 through 17 declares, I know your works. You're neither hot or cold. Would you would would that you either were either hot or cold? So because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. Or you say, I am rich and I have prospered and I need nothing, not realizing that you're wretched, pitiable, poor, blind, and naked. Let me tell you something. If you're thinking you're in a state where you're good enough already, then you need to wake up out of your slumber. If you think that you're in a place where you don't need any more work on your life, then you've gotten to the wrong place of what is called salvation. That is not true salvation. Salvation is those that persevered. I know I am saved through the promise of Jesus Christ. But I am persevering towards the promise. And let me just declare this so you get it in your spirit. The saved persevere. We don't persevere to be saved. We know we are saved. Somebody bless the name of the Lord. So because I know that I'm saved, I'm going to persevere in Christ. And I talk about this message to the undecided. It's either we're all in or nothing. Let's not confuse struggling with, with sin and surrendering to sin. Those are two different things. Well, pastor, I'm not ready. You know, I'm just struggling in these areas. Stop surrendering. No, I haven't surrendered, pastor. I'm, I'm just struggling. No, you've surrendered. Don't try to call it another thing. You've surrendered to that lifestyle. You've surrendered to that, that type of uh, uh, way of living. You've surrendered to that sin. You've surrendered to that mentality. And God is saying, you've surrendered already. You're not undecided. You can't be, uh, uh, you can't be lukewarm. You're either hot or cold. When you think you're lukewarm, I'm going to spit you back out. Some say, well, God's going to spit me out, man. That, that's messed up. God's going to spit you out because he wants you to come to him cold so that he can knock you off of your high horse so that you might know the truth and get saved. Or if you come hot, that he might come to say, stay hot. Keep your fire burning. Keep the spirit inside of your life. Don't lose hope. Stand, don't, don't waver in the faith. Rightly handle the truth. But if you're undecided, God says, you know, this is one thing that I will not tolerate. And I'm going to tell you why. Because the kingdom of God will not be divided. It will not be for a section for the divided. It is either those that are righteously standing in God. Or those that are living a life that is not 
pleasing to the Lord. There ain't no 50-50 place in heaven. It's either zero or a hundred. All or nothing. All or nothing. <laughs> Hallelujah. Church, I remember in my sin, wavering, having a wavering life. So let me pour this into you. I remember living in my sin. I had a wavering life, playing the one foot in and the one foot out. And I'm going to tell you exactly the symptoms of that type of lifestyle. You're, you're daydreaming of just living a life from the moment I wake up to the moment I laid my head down in the presence of God. When you have one foot in and one foot out, you're daydreaming saying, man, that day's going to be beautiful when I can just be in God's word. Receiving revelation all the time. When you're living one foot in and one foot out, you're daydreaming of what it feels like to be in the presence of God 24-7. All you are is but a daydreamer instead of a liver. A daydreamer instead of a, one that takes action. You're daydreaming what it feels like to have the heaven of God in your life. And saying, God, I'll get there one day. I guess I'm just in this process of life. Well, you need to snap out of your process. You need to snap out of your sin. You need to snap out of the lifestyle. Make the decision before the Lord to say, God, I'm going to serve you. I'm going to run after you. I'm going to make you the Lord and Savior of my life. I'm going to tell you why God says no lukewarm. Lukewarm will not work. Because, you know, when, when we're in that wavering place of one foot in and one foot out, we're not even enjoying the sin of our lives, neither enjoying the fullness of Christ. Because you're sinning with a guilty conscience right after you're crying yourself. I can't believe I did that. And then when you get in the presence of God, I can't believe I did that. Oh, man. When you're in the lifestyle, you're, oh, God, I thank you, Lord. Thank you, my God. But deep down inside, you know you're going to go crawling back to the same trash you walked out of. Because you haven't made the decision. You have not set the standard. You have not said no more. I talk to even the undecided. This message is for the undecided. Quit living life, not enjoying your sin all the way and not enjoying the fullness of Christ. It's either one or the other. And you know what I tell you? Choose life and prosperity instead of death and destruction. He said, choose for yourself today. Hallelujah. Choose for yourself today. Whom you shall serve. Choose for yourself today. Joshua 24, chapter, four, uh, chapter 24, verses 14 and 15 says, Now therefore fear the Lord and serve Him in sincerity and in faithfulness. Put away the gods that your fathers served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. And if it is, it, and if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods of your fathers served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell in. But as for me and my house, Joshua said, but as for me and my house, but as for me and my house, but as for me and my house, I shall serve the Lord. We shall serve the Lord. Hallelujah. Deuteronomy chapter 30, 
declares this way. Says this command that I give you today is certainly not too difficult or beyond your reach. It is not in heaven so that you have to ask who will go up to heaven and get it for us and proclaim it to us so that we may follow it. It's not even across the sea that you have to ask who will cross the sea and get it for us and proclaim it to us so that we may follow it. But the message is very near you. It's in your mouth and in your heart that you may follow it. See, today I set before you life and prosperity, death and destruction. For I am commanding you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in His ways and to keep His commands, His statutes and ordinances, so that you may live and multiply and the Lord your God may bless you in the land you are entering to possess. But if your heart turns away and you do not listen and you are led astray to bow and worship to other gods and serve them, look what it says. I tell you today that you will certainly perish and will not prolong your days in the land you are entering to possess across the Jordan. I call heaven and earth as witnesses against you today that I have set before you life and death, blessing and curse. Choose life so that you and your descendants may live. Love the Lord your God, obey him and remain faithful to him for he is your life and he will prolong your days as long as you live in the land that he swore to give your fathers Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. Hallelujah. Make the choice. Quit waiting to be perfect to live for Christ 100%. You'll never be there on your own, church. If you're still enjoying the pleasures of this world, there are passive, never feeling. Only Christ can give you the truest satisfaction that your soul truly longs for. You have a calling. God has placed it within you. Quit wasting it away. Quit letting it be squandered as the wealth of God. Your friends need you. Your family needs you. Your city needs you. Your state needs you. Your world needs you. And we can no longer be tossed to and from. In wavering in our decision to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. And make him our personal savior. Quit wavering. Quit being tossed. Church. The word of God says in Luke 9.23, and he said to all, if anyone would come after, him, after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Don't just take up your cross. I know many people that take up the cross every day, but don't follow after him. He not only said, take up your cross, but he also said, and follow me. This is where the world fails. This is where many that are undecided still, they pick up the cross and they hang on to it as if that is the way to being saved. He said, no, if you love me, you'll obey my commands. When he came unto them and he said, receive salvation unto this name that I profess, he was also saying, follow after me. Revelation chapter 3 verses 20 says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him. And he eat with me as well. This message is for also the undecided in the faith. Number three, I finish here. The gospel of Jesus Christ, the way, the truth, and the life, Jesus Christ, is also a message that is presented also to the 
persevering in the faith. I'm not just talking about the perishing in the, in the life. I'm not talking about those that are undecided within the pews of the church. I'm also talking about those that are persevering in the faith. Colossians chapter 1 verses 23 says, If indeed you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope and the gospel that you heard, which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and of which I, Paul, became a minister. But he said, if indeed you continue in the faith, you got saved. Your life has been changed. You have been born again. Your life, your, your name is in the Lamb's book of life. And I'll tell you something like this. If you are continually saved, if you are continually running after Jesus Christ, then you better remain stable. You better remain steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard one day. But that you would remain in the message. And the message is Christ and through Christ alone. 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 10 says, Therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to make your calling and election sure. For if you practice these qualities, you will never fail, the word of God says. Are we making our election sure? Are you making your election sure in the Lord? I would rather you be on fire for the Lord Jesus Christ than for you to be a sitter by grace. Man, I, I, I don't know how to do it, Pastor. I don't know where to go. I, 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 but I would rather you say, but I'm just going to get mixed in. I see where God takes, what God does. I, I'm just going to serve the Lord. We sit down for a process for so long. And when God is a automatically qualifying God. When the God that we serve is a God that automatically qualifies to being heirs of the kingdom. And every right gift or godly gift that heaven could ever bestow upon a person is ours through Jesus Christ. Everything that the word of God says is for the children of God. At that very moment we profess Christ into our hearts. It's ours in Jesus name. You have to understand that this is the promise that we have. And if you are saved I pray that you are persevering the right way. I pray that you are without wavering, uh, without being unstable, without being unsteadfast, without uh, being moved and shifted from one hope to the next, that you would stay faithful to Jesus Christ in your call to persevere in the faith. James chapter 1 verses 12 says, Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who, what, love him. Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. Don't give up, church. Don't throw in your towel. Jesus is coming back real soon. I was paying a bill the other day, and it was a very big bill. Necessary. And as I was paying the bill, the man told me, man, that's a big bill. The one receiving my payment. I thought he would have said, well, great, you know, you paid it already, you know, great. But he just made me feel even more bad about paying the bill. Man, that's a big bill. I said, well, yeah, this life is about bills. What else can I say? 
Then I look back at him and I said, but the next life, I better make sure that bill's already paid up before I get there. <laughs> we, get, we get so stuck on the worries of this world that we forget about the bill that needs to pay after this life. And I'll tell you something, if I'm saved, if I declare that my name is written in the Lamb's book of life, I'm not worried about what's going to be taken. I'm not worried about what's going to be given. I'm not worried about what I'm going to wear tomorrow. I'm not worried about what money is in the bank or what isn't in the bank. I'm not worried about the joy that people are showing unto my life. What I'm really worried about is if I'm going to make it. What I'm really worried about is when Jesus comes back in the clouds and the trumpet sounds, somebody bless the name of the Lord that I might be living. Lift it up, lift it up to the glory that is all of eternity with God the Father through Jesus Christ. That is what I want. That is what I desire. If you're not sure of it, let me tell you today, one day the trumpet will sound. And I pray that you hear the trumpet sound. I pray that you hear the trumpet sound. For when that trumpet sounds, those that are called and will be lifted up, will hear the trumpet sound. Make your lecture. Persevere unto the end. Stand fast. Make sure that there is oil in your lamp that when the groom comes, you as the bride might be able to receive it.